This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Every year when we lay in these parshas, Vyakum Pekude, they seem to be a repetition of parshas Truma Tetzave. We have the opportunity to once again learn a little more carefully the Big Day Kahuna and the Kalim of the Mishkan. This year, we have parshas Vyakum by itself and Pekude by itself. It's a Matana that we get to go and dwell in a little deeper. And one of the things when we learn this parsha is to see what was mentioned in this parsha that's a little different than the earlier parsha, and what we can learn from that. We find in the beginning of the Yaakov, when Moshe tells Kaisal to bring in material and gold and silver for the Mishkan, Kaisal quickly came to bring. And the Torah tells us how the men came, and how the women came, and they brought everything they should bring. Then the Torah tells us, Venesim, the princes, Heviwas Avne Yeshoam, Avne Vlum, Leifod of the Choshev. They brought the stones for the Eifod for the Choshev. Rashi notices that the word Venesim in Perek Laman Hei Posachov Zayin is missing a Yud. It's not spelled with the Yud. Rashi wonders, why is it missing a Yud? And Rashi explains that the Nesim said as follows. The Nesim said that let everybody go and bring what they want to bring. Whatever is missing, we're going to go and bring whatever is missing. Let everyone bring what they want to bring. At the end, whatever is missing, we're going to bring. However, they underestimated Kaisal because Kaisal quickly brought everything. And by the time the Nesim saw what was going on, there was almost nothing left to bring, and they quickly went and they brought the stones for the Chayshan. And the obvious question is, what was so bad with what they did that they should be punished missing the Yud? After all, they had great intentions. This is a fundraiser's fantasy. Can you imagine? You want to build a building, you want to build a yeshiva. You go to a wealthy person, you knock on his door, you get a meeting with him, and you tell him you want to build a building, it's going to cost $13 million dollars, and the person tells you, I'll tell you what, you do your fundraising. At the end of your fundraising campaign, whatever you're missing, I'll write you a check for the whole thing. Whatever you're missing. That's not a nightmare for a fundraiser. That's, that's a fantasy. It's a dream come true. His campaign is successful before it even started. He's guaranteed to raise all the money. So what the Nassim did here sounds beautiful. Look, you go collect everything you could collect. Whatever is missing, we're going to pay. For that they were punished, and they lose the yud of their name. It's one thing, says Rosham Shalom Hirsch, to help people. He says Rosham Shalom Hirsch explains that everybody likes to help people. The only question is, how do you do it? Some people like to help people only if there's something big going on. There's an emergency campaign. We have to. Uh, raise a million dollars to save that person's life, and then everybody gets involved. Or there's uh, somebody gets uh, kicked out of a school, we have to deal with them, what are we going to do? Yet, if someone needs to raise $500, it's very difficult. Nobody gets involved. Somebody needs little help, people don't get involved. There are people who like to get involved only when there's a big emergency and there's a big commotion going on. The Nassim, who are the leaders in Mitzrayim as well, it was always an emergency. 
The Jews were getting whipped. The Jews were getting killed. They had to deal with Paro, deal with the taskmasters. They liked it when things were an emergency and things were a big commotion. So now Moshe comes and says, we're going to build a Mishkan. Everyone should bring money. What did the Nassim say? You don't have to do anything now. We're going to wait to the end. Where it's going to be an emergency because they won't have enough funds. And then we're going to ride in to the rescue and save the situation. Says Rosh Hashanah Hirsch that Hashem was telling them leaders have to know the people that they are leading. How the Jews were in Mitzrayim, you're right, it was a constant state of an emergency. And you're always swooping in to help in a big way. But now that they're in the, in the desert, and now that they are free, and Hashem says to build a Mishkan, you have to know Klai Yisrael. It's not the same. It's not an emergency now. All of Klai Yisrael wants to be involved. And therefore all of Klai Yisrael came and they donated everything. And the Nassim saw how they misread Klai Yisrael. Which is why when it came to inaugurate the Mishkan, the Nassim were there first with their Kabbalists. They learned their lesson. They learned how Klai Yisrael is now and how they have to lead with them now. And not to go only help by the big things, but even by the small things. Because if you want to know how great somebody is, how big somebody is, you don't look at the big things. You look at the small things. Rabbi Belsky, Rabbi Shol Belsky, who was a Roshiv of Tarevidas, who was Nifter a few years ago, was involved with tremendous things. But he also was involved in the small things. And one time he came to Achasna. He comes to the Chuppah room. The Chuppah is about to start. And he took a seat on the side. While he was sitting there, he noticed that the plug that was into the socket that was lighting for the lights of the cameraman, he saw the socket, the plug was loose. So he went over there and he pushed the plug in. After a moment, he saw the plug once again starting to come out. It wasn't so tight. He realized during the chuppah, the lights for the cameraman are going to go off and it's going to ruin the video and the pictures of the chuppah. So he took his chair, he went over to the wall, and he held on to the plug into the wall, sitting there the whole time during the chuppah with his hand on the plug in the wall. Well, after a few minutes, being the Rashiv of Tervidas, he was called up to give a bracha. One of his Talmidim, obviously Rebelski taught his Talmidim well, saw what was going on. He quickly went over to Rebelski and he said he'll continue to hold the plug in. And he held the plug in and Rebelski went up to get his bracha. When he finished his bracha, Rebelski didn't stay under the chuppah. He went back to the seat where he was sitting. He told the Talmud, okay, I'll continue doing what I was doing. He sent the Talmud away, and he continued to hold the plug in the wall. Because that's something that needs to be done. And that's how you can tell how great people are. You don't judge a great person by the great things they do. You judge a great person, how great somebody is, by the small things that they do. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.